Welcome to the Mindful Banker podcast presented by me, Andy Hicks. Today on the podcast, we have Zara Hussein, who is Investment Director at Commerce Bank, and Sarah Leitung, who is Corporate Finance Advisor at the Department for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy, before which she worked in equity research at JP Morgan. Together, they are humans in finance. Humans in finance celebrate the inspirational and wonderful people in finance around the world in the hope of inspiring others through them. So welcome, ladies, to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So, Sarah, tell us a little bit about what your day-to-day job involves. Sure. My day job is I'm a private sector advisor in the UK government. So I use my background from working in the city to advise policymakers on business and energy policies um, from a corporate finance point of view. But in my spare time, um, I've co-founded Humans in Finance with Zara. We are a movement that harnesses the power of social media and storytelling to give a platform to people who, as you said, Andy, are doing amazing things in the financial services industry, which could range from anything from um, impact investing to environmental, social and governance, investing to green finance, to engaged giving and everything else in between. And what made you decide to go into finance in the first place? I got into finance straight from university. I felt really grateful for the education and the opportunities that I'd had in life and really wanted to do something that made the most of all of that. And actually, to be honest, I was staying with Zara in the summer one holidays and um, she was interning at Bank of America and I remember mm. <laughs> um, when we went to an ATM she got paid and I just thought it was amazing <laughs> you could <laughs> do something and get paid that much um, and oh, so wow. I thought I want to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been friends for uh, quite a few years? Yeah we have yeah. Um, ever oh, since we're celebrating our 20th uh, <laughs> friendship year this year. 20 years yeah. wow congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> So Sarah and I met at high school in in uh, Blackpool of all places, mm. um, and uh, just decided to come down and enjoy the big city life. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess I should say I I always thought I'd work in finance for a period of time and then go on and do something different. Um, so that was my plan. And Zara, what's what does your day to day job involve? So I, um, my entire career has been in leverage finance. Um, currently, I'm at Commerce Bank, which I joined almost eight years ago to help build a buy-side debt platform. So a significant part of my job involves investing in leveraged loans and bonds of private equity-owned companies. And yeah, and my, um, all my spare time is devoted to, to humans and finance with Sarah. And why did you go into finance? So similar reasons to Sarah, really. I wanted to really experience a challenging career coming out of university um, from, you know, on on a multidimensional level, from physically um, and intellectually. uh, I wanted to just be in that environment. And it was a very interesting place to be work back in 2007 when we graduated. Obviously, the financial crisis happened shortly thereafter. But um, I thought I would I would experience it, save up enough to be financially stable. <laughs> uh, still working on that part, but um, and then move on to uh, something more impactful, like in the public sector. Mm. Um, Twelve years on, I'm I'm still in the industry, 
so you know what happened to the doing something more impactful part I did look into doing moving making a transition um, halfway through my career and I and I realized that I actually had great opportunity to stay within the industry and use my time my resources my network to do something impactful from within brilliant I remember you saying before that you 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 both felt like when you first got into finance there weren't it didn't seem like there was sort of there was that many people who embodied the same values as you is that fair to say I think um I think after a few years of working in finance ever since university um we both did start to feel a bit like that yes um but that said we kind of embarked on a journey looking into all the ways in which the industry was um reinventing itself in positive ways so we went to talks and networking events and basically anything we could find in that space and that was really quite inspiring um in which space in the um impact investing social finance sort of uh finance for good basically anything in that area um you know no particular niche just whatever we got our hands on and we found that once we started on that journey which we got into by accident really one thing led to another and one connection led to another and so um yeah it's true what you said but we managed to um find lots of positives within the industry so when you got into finance you were sort of on the lookout for how can i bring more of myself more of my values how can i have more meaning and purpose and you found that there were some ways of of doing that yeah i think also interestingly enough at the same time we wanted to find ways finance could be used in a more um meaningful more purposeful way we were also looking for um just generally a greater greater understanding of life um and concurrently we went on a like a bit of a spiritual journey just by accident again uh we decided to explore different spiritual um schools of thoughts so we learned about kabbalah buddhism sufism um i think we were just looking for answers in terms of what makes life more meaningful and we concluded that it it really is about contributing to something that's greater than us beyond us and where did you go to do this exploration was it lots of different places or was there one particular avenue you're pursuing well that's the wonderful thing about london right um i always just think whenever i decide to take on a new hobby london delivers so we just decided mm, let's let's explore um kabbalah and then we we went to the kabbalah center and signed up to an eight week course to to, to learn more about um, to, to do a level one course and then we did the same with Buddhism and I mean this is that's we definitely took take advantage of this wonderful city that we live in um, and so yeah we we just we asked and London delivered <laughs> so it was pretty it's as simple as that and once we really decided that we were going to do something bigger than ourselves we just decided to yeah find people in finance that thought the way we did and and then fast forward to today, we have Humans of Finance with a community of around 13,000 online. 13,000, wow. So, so Across tell, our socials, yeah. Tell us more about what human, Humans in Finance is, what it involves, why you decided to create it. Yeah, um, we 
as I was saying, we did meet some amazing people who were basically um, innovating and uh, doing really interesting things in finance. And we personally found their stories quite inspiring. Um, so for me personally, there was one individual who I met through JP Morgan, whose name was Ilan Gannott. Um, and when his son was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy, he used his skills and his network from his career in equity sales to put together a pitch and raise capital from investors for a business to try and find a, a cure. So that was one, just one example for me that was really inspiring. But Zara and I basically thought that if we find this so interesting, then maybe other people will as well. And so we decided to start Humans in Finance as a, as a movement to agitate for the industry to work harder towards making the world a better place. Amazing. Brilliant. Zara, why, why did you think this was a good idea? <laughs> I mean, like Sarah said, when we, we, we met all these really ordinary, extraordinary people, left, right and centre, there was, I think we felt passionately about screaming and shouting about all the wonderful things these people were doing and I think also at the same time the flip side was that we were just used to you know the, the world of banker bashing um, or nobody wanted to celebrate the positive people or potential that the industry has in contributing um, Did you have, have you had any personal experiences where people have been critical to you about being a banker or banker definitely yeah. what sort of thing have people said it's almost like when you go to a party and someone says, what do you do? And you can just tell before you've even said it <laughs> that they're going to disapprove. Yeah. So I've been in that situation. Sometimes I haven't been able to tell it and I've said, well, I work in finance. And then I've received, been on the receiving end of abuse. Wow, um, what kind of thing have people said? Um, just really kind of putting you down for your livelihood which is not very nice so like people um, will assume that they know everything about you just yeah. because of the, what you do and, and and sometimes I didn't even it was a person who I didn't totally didn't expect them to react in that way but then they did implying that because you you work in finance you're selfish or greedy yes. or soulless soulless right yeah yeah and that and that you caused the financial crisis right. <laughs> in a way that you yeah. sort of you robbed the country of and the world and the world <laughs> yeah. yeah and you were responsible for a lot of misery and austerity that yeah uh -huh. we're still seeing today so right. and i think i think um the people that we met not only did we want to share their positive stories but it also made us both realize how powerful the financial services industry can be either for the positive or the negative but it just there were so many people who I met and I, I was amazed that they were using their skills and their network that they'd got from finance to do something good and that how much value that can add. So you're seeing this reaction that the outside world has to finance, it being very negative and you caused problems for the whole world and at the same time you're seeing that there are all these people doing really great things mm -hmm. within finance who are sort of unsung heroes they're exactly. not being represented no one they're invisible and so you felt very motivated to to try to shine more of a spotlight on them and yeah basically try and drive a change in mindset generally um, to show people that 
like, hey, this can be the norm. So we decided that using the you know power of social media would be the most effective and cheapest <laughs> way of doing it uh, without a budget. So it just started as an experiment, and we thought Humans of New York um, is this really popular social media platform that um, has millions of followers around the world. Why don't we try this format and see where it goes? Um, and that was two and a half years ago. And um, Elon was off one of the first stories we shared. Um, and today we share like yeah, a new story every week. Uh, we we're, we're actually a bit overwhelmed by the number of stories that we get submitted to us. Um, because yeah, people people want to share what they're doing, and I think we finally get we've given people like an authentic and credible, uh, no strings attached place for their stories to be to be heard. So it's really uplifting, actually, um, in terms of a thing to do in your spare time outside of work. Because when we first um, graduated from uni, sustainable finance, and at the time it was called socially responsible investing, was really very much a niche part of the industry. And that probably, it's fair to say that that probably took a step back during the crisis. Mm-hmm. But now it's, it feels like it's stronger than ever. And when we meet these people, it feels like sustainable finance could simply be finance. It, why can't that be the case? And, <laughs> and it feels like that is happening. It feels like a revolution almost mm, because right. the implications are huge and the, ma- the positive magnitude of impact is just mind-blowing if sustainable finance became mainstream finance yeah so when you say sustainable do you mean you don't mean financially sustainable you mean environmentally sustainable they're both the same thing well, they're really. both the same thing well they should be yeah. <laughs> so sustainable finance is really an impre- umbrella term for anything ranging from impact investing to ESG strategies, which is environmental social governance strategies, to you know even strategies such as um, negative screening, where certain industries are excluded, for example, tobacco, weapons, pornography. Um, so it's not just about the environment, it's mm. about how companies that are being financed treat their employees, treat their customers, treat their supply chains, what their product is, the impact it has. And so finance has typically been, the industry has been particularly focused on the single bottom line. Incorporating these sorts of metrics means that we're actually looking at the quadruple bottom line. We're finally accounting for environmental, social and governance factors when making any financing or investment decision. Um, And it's actually just sensible because they all have costs and they're not mm-hmm. being accounted for right now. And then the way you see that is at a cost to someone in society or, or the environment. Mm-hmm. Or ultimately to... the company itself, mm-hmm. but only in the longer term. Uh-huh. Yeah, someone eventually has to pay for the externality. Yes, exactly. And so we have enough research, and I think that's what the main difference is in the last 18 months in particular, there's been a flood of research in this area and the data supports that companies in the long term that have better ESG metrics will outperform their peers. And so that's why now the investment community are taking it a lot more seriously. Um, You have private equity um, companies that are being pressured by insurance companies and pension funds um, to take notice. And so we're seeing what that's why it feels like a bit of a revolution right now fantastic fantastic so now when people ask you what you do are you able to give 
a more assertive, confident answer mm. yeah. than you used to be able to. Yeah. You used to feel that you could. Absolutely. Um, when I, when I, I actually enjoy meeting that cynical person that would judge my entire existence based on what I do now, uh, because you just try <laughs> and I will tell you how, how impactful my industry is. <laughs> so you feel very proud of what you do. Yeah, it's actually, um, and to be honest, I've not really ever thought about it until you just asked. Um, I can proudly now say I work in finance. And that was one of our, our um, goals when we started two and a half years ago. It's actually on our mission statement. We want people in finance everywhere to be proud of what they do. And uh, up until this moment, I didn't realize that I actually am. I love that. <laughs> I love that. That's fantastic. But I just think it's so lovely that you that you're championing people, um, that you're celebrating people for what they do, for the good that they're doing, because I'm sure that will only encourage more people to do more good and generally will be inspiring to other people that work in finance. Yeah, I I do think that, oh, I hope that kindness is contagious. Definitely is. Um, I I know I kind of was talking to Sarah about, you know, a day where we have a world where, you know, going to the gym now is something that most people do. it's part of their daily lives and maybe supporting some sort of charity or you know that it would also become part of people's daily lives or something that they're passionate about or some cause where they see that they're contributing um, to something greater than themselves because actually it's not just the fact that they're doing something good out there it really does enhance your own well-being and I think we're starting to recognize that this the way society is currently structured that it's just all about serving yourself doesn't really work nope. <laughs> it feels good to do good mm. yeah absolutely and zara have you gone through any particular tough times since you've been working in finance and how did that affect you absolutely i mean that's part of the journey of life right um at different stages of my career the challenges have been different but I would say there's been a recurring theme there's been a persistent feeling of being different um, a sense of not belonging and feeling more or less like an alien at times um, as I just view the world a bit differently at the time especially um, at the earlier stages of my career I desperately wanted to fit in and be part of the banker mold but over time that proved to be incredibly exhausting and draining um i'd say that hindsight is a wonderful thing so of course today i can see that those difficult times led to the journey that created humans in finance where we have created a community that we where we celebrate through stories, the wonderful diversity of people, their experiences, and their lens of the world. So, so what what's uh, helped you to feel less of like you don't belong? Well, I think my approach with dealing with tough times generally has been to lean into like a really wonderful network of family and friends. And I think with any tough experience, to I always try to have the mindset of what is the lesson to be learned here because I firmly believe that every obstacle that you're presented with is an opportunity for growth right like I I just think that 
society has a really strange approach to pain. Um, you know, in social media, we have to portray these perfect lives. At work, we have to seem like we always have it all together. Yet having ups and downs is such a normal part of life. Yeah. You know, in the workplace, the conversation around mental health has begun, but I still feel there's a ton of stigma around it, especially in finance. I, I wonder if people were given permission to almost embrace their difficult times and given the tools to really overcome these challenges by their employer. If in the long run companies would see an increase in productivity, employee loyalty, innovation, and even profitability. I'm sure they would, yeah. And I think, as you, as you say, it's starting, people are starting to be able to talk about these things more, but it's very early stages. Yeah. And not everyone feels like they can talk about mental health. No, not especially like. in a industry that is typically dominated by, let's say, you know, egos and considered to be <laughs> a tad bit alpha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's a tough combination of an, an industry or a culture where there's a lot of stress and pressure and an inability to be able to talk about it. And it's not sustainable. And it's not sustainable, no. Sarah, what does success mean to you? So for me, um, success would be getting to work on projects that somehow make the world a better place, um, even if just in a small, very small way, um, but also at the same time working in a way that um, brings out the best in the people around me um, and makes them feel positive about themselves as well. And do you feel like you have a bit of that at the, at the moment? Yeah, sometimes. Depends <laughs> <laughs> on the day. Yeah. Okay. I like that, yeah. So feeling like you've what you do every day has, has meaning, has a positive impact, and you're able to work in a positive way with the people around you. Yeah. Nice. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> From your experience of, of, of finance, what would you say separates the top performers, the people that really rise to the top, and the people that, that don't get so far mm -hmm. what qualities well so I once heard a um, top performer say to me that for her the key was quite simple and that was being a nice person very interesting um, yeah. which I like because it sounds quite easy <laughs> <laughs> um, and she was saying that basically if you're a genuinely thoughtful and kind um, human being and you treat every single person you meet um, kindly, was whether it's in finance or in the government. Department. She was. Um, she was from the business sector. Uh -huh. um, you know, whether it's uh, your receptionist or the CEO, um, if you just treat people nicely, then you will foster the creation of your own success. Um, and I like to believe that she's right about that. Be, although of course there are top performers who are not nice people um, yeah. but it's a much more pleasant way to get there if you can I think and um, Barack Obama did it <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it would be a more emotionally stable way of becoming a top performer as well I totally agree yeah it's not normally how it's, it's not normally what we associate with rising to the top do we normally associate it with intelligence, working really long hours, being ambitious, perhaps even being cutthroat. Um, I love the idea that actually kindness is 
what separates the, the top performers and it and it does make sense it's more sustainable you relationships are the key to business so yeah if you've been kind to people that's surely going to benefit your career absolutely but even if it's not true those things that you described if I had to say to myself those are the things that I need in order to be a top performer I feel really stressed all the time because I can't be all of those things I can't be cutthroat and I can't be working long hours all the time I just know that so if I tell myself that this is the way then it's a lot more pleasant yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think story, you can also choose which stories to believe in life mm. can't you mm. you prefer to believe that one yeah I agree <laughs> <laughs> Sarah do you currently feel like you have a sense of purpose in your job Ooh. so I think I recognise that my job gives me the means to have purpose in my life overall and I am extremely grateful for that interesting fact um, a lack of purpose is actually one of the main reasons why people tell us that they leave the industry but on a positive note the pace of change and we've already alluded to this um, with the onset of sustainable finance is occurring at a really rapid pace uh, the financial services industry has a huge role to play in solving society's pressing challenges because, well, quite frankly, there is no planet B. So, You think the industry is inevitably going to go further and further down this route of sustainable finance and therefore... Become more socially impactful. And more of a meaningful place to work. Exactly. Hmm. Sarah, what do you do to disconnect from work? Like when you're... You, are you good at just forgetting about work at weekends, on holidays, or anything? Any tricks that you do to help yourself to not be thinking about work all the time? Mm. I suppose uh, I obviously humans and finance takes up a lot of my time outside of work, and um, it maybe sounds like extra work, but actually um, the people who we get to meet, having set it up. Um, are genuinely really um, uplifting people to interact with and so although it is kind of like extra work <laughs> um, I always come away from those conversations or those events mm. um, or those meetings feeling much more positive yeah. and so I think that's a good way of, of disconnecting from work um, but then also like the more usual stuff so Relaxing at home, reading the weekend newspapers, uh, reading a book. Um, I I feel like I ought to do digital detoxes more, but I'm not very good at making myself do that. Right, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Zara, what do you think are the three most important keys to well-being at work? I think uh, the people you're surrounded by, your team and colleagues have a significant impact on your daily well-being. Do you have any tips to getting on better with your team? I've actually been really lucky. I mean, I have been with my team for the last eight years and I'd say the main reason was because I do have a really great supportive team. Um, tips with difficult colleagues. Mm, <laughs> that is a whole topic of itself. And I have been in environments where that has happened in, in, in the past and... Um, I left. <laughs> That's one strategy. So I don't know if I have that's coping strategy. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, pick, but pick a team that you enjoy working with. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's great for your well-being. Absolutely. Um, I, I think it can take one person to mm. really um, basically create a negative experience um, 
in, in, the, in, the, in your environment on a daily basis can really throw you off your balance. Definitely. Um, I think rigid corporate environments are no longer serving us. So flexibility in terms of our schedule as well as where we work from is being recognized as increasingly important. Um, and another, another reason why I've probably stayed in my, the team that I'm currently with for, for as long as I have. Um, I have a boss that completely recognizes that. And for me personally, staying physically active is really important. Um, and again, luckily enough, I have a boss that enjoys and or loves the gym as much as I do. So I'm able to squeeze in a good training session you know, most days. <laughs> so you go to the gym every day? Almost every day? Uh, a couple times a week, yeah. For sure, yeah. Well, any, any particular classes you like to do? To do spin or...? Uh, I'm a big Barry's Boot Camp fan. Barry's Boot Camp. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like about Barry's? The intensity, yeah. Yeah, I can definitely... Um, Push it hard. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so exercise, your team, and flexible working, you think of the three keys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For a sustainable yeah lifestyle within finance that leads to good good well-being do either of you practice mindfulness or have you in the past and have you found that's useful in your job in any way so um mindfulness can take lots of different formats right so um at different periods of my life i've been more consistent with doing meditation but i always think of it as yeah like a, a habit like going to the gym for example and um, I often fall off the bandwagon um, so currently I have not been engaging in mindfulness but I do know that it makes a tremendously positive difference to my daily life and well-being and actually it's it's something that I should write all over the wall in my in my bedroom to do every day when I wake up so um, I would like to, do, to definitely incorporate it more <laughs> be more disciplined about it I guess yeah I think it's very common people know that it benefits them but they find it hard to make the time every day and make it a habit yeah mm. I think people quite get quite bogged down with the details yeah. or the yeah. definition of what what it means to be mindful yeah it's like you have to be on the headspace app yeah. actually you don't have to be you can just tune out or do some rock climbing yeah. that's yeah. pretty mindful it's very mindful yeah mm. absolutely what do you do Andy <laughs> what do I do to be mindful I meditate I meditate every day up to an hour, 40 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoon on a good day. Uh, also do yoga, a one hour yoga class every week. And I try to do, I, not I try to do, I do do two retreats a year. Yeah. I think one thing we do, we both quite enjoy is um, is Kundalini yoga. Again, it's like... I've never tried med- that. I've been med- recommended yeah, it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's sort of a very spiritual form of yoga. Um, it really is meant to be teaching you to connect with yourself and I and it's because it's um meditation in motion um Mm. I think yeah like the whole sitting still issue that most people have this sort of overcomes that Mm. and a wonderful byproduct of of, of this type of yoga is that you feel quite peaceful um for following days the following Mm. days after you do it yeah definitely try it out I have to yeah for sure what do you think the finance industry can do to help people feel more purposeful through their jobs? So we actually surveyed our community to gauge current sentiment and a view of the future. Uh, one thing we discovered was that around almost 70% of people said no or unsure 
when we asked if the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals were important to their institution. Um, I don't know if you know, Andy, but the 17 SDGs define the agenda for inclusive global growth and not achieving them will simply be catastrophic from both an environmental and social perspective. We think that the industry has a huge role to play in achieving the global goals if we are to meet them by 2030. Given that there is currently a five to seven uh, trillion dollar um, estimated fi- funding gap. Yeah, and I think what what can finance do? Um, so first of all, um, the big uh, investment banks and other financial institutions can make a public commitment to the sustainable development goals and say we care about these; these are important. Um, but then also they can. Um, look at the sustainable development goals, the 17 of them, and they can um, figure out which ones pose a risk or create an opportunity for their business. Um, And then a logical consequence of that is developing actual strategies and targets to help to contribute towards them. And we feel like based on our network and our friends, if your firm has this sort of public commitment it really makes people feel like they're part of a greater purpose and so to answer your original question I think this is one quite tangible way to help financial institutions make people feel more purposeful in their jobs. So what do you want people listening to this who work in finance or perhaps don't work in finance to do? We would like people to 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 go on our change.org page and and sign the petition so that we can really um, get the mainstream industry behind this Mm -hmm. and that's the only way we can we think that there's a chance of achieving these goals yeah great yeah and we can put a link to that uh, underneath the episode oh great no problem fantastic so you'd like people to sign that petition and promote it amongst their network and if people want to follow humans in finance or perhaps even submit a story how do they do that uh, so the best thing would be just to go on our website, humansandfinance.com. Uh, you, there people can access um, the links to all of our social media pages. Um, Instagram is probably where we definitely have our strongest following. And on that page, there is a story submission link, or if it's easier, just to just drop us an email. Hello at humansandfinance.com. And it's stories of people who are doing something socially, environmentally related to do with investment in finance. Well, actually, it's a whole spectrum mm. of people who may be doing something um, socially impactful or environmentally beneficial. One of the stories that we shared, Hamza Farouk at Goldman Sachs, he has built this solar energy project for villages in Pakistan in his spare time. Wow, Whilst amazing. working at Goldman Sachs, amazing. yes, go figure. <laughs> but it's celebrating the big and also celebrating the less big as well I think because um, that can be very relatable for people you know if you see something and you think oh I could do that maybe I can't build an entire solar electricity project in Pakistan but maybe I can (laughs) mentor high school students in my spare time personally we find those very relatable as well so like our friend Lois um, who we profiled a few months ago she's a bit of a serial um, mentor (laughs) Um, she's really good at it. And we should probably add that she also works in, you know, um, in M&A. So the fact that she still finds the time to do this 
serial mentoring. So I guess what we're trying to say is there is no there is yeah. no niche as well. It's not just environmental social governance investing. It's basically anything. Yeah. We're interested in anything. Yeah, great, <laughs> fantastic. Everyone can make their mark in their yeah. own way. So yeah, great. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? Keep doing all the awesome stuff you're doing. Anchor's <laughs> mindful everywhere. <laughs> okay, well, thank you very much, Sarah and Sarah. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. I think you're doing really amazing, inspiring work. And I think it's gr- any, any kind of work that's showcasing positive things that humans are doing in any industry is so valuable when we have a media that's so focused on negative things. Mm-hmm. And even as individuals, I think we often tell negative stories about people gossiping and so mm-hmm. on. So to be really showcasing the good things people are doing, I think it's such a positive thing to be doing in the world. Um, so, yeah, so it's been, it's been great talking to you about it. And I hope that people um, who listen submit submissions and also mm. support your petition uh, to support the sustainable development goals so thank you very much thank you thanks for listening to the mindful banker podcast you can support our mission of improving well-being in the financial services industry by rating and sharing it thank you <laughs>